Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote the video, and comment down below. We'd appreciate it very much. Also, join our subtext community, the Grove Bowl on Saturday. We had a special reaction show that only subtext community members could participate in. So join the subtext community, and the next time we do that, you'll be available for it. I'm here with John Garcia. We're here to talk recruiting. He's been gone for a couple of weeks, but he's back now. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well. I mean, outside of the rain in South Florida, doing well. I still have power, so can't complain. Yeah, um, how how close to that mess are you? I'm, I'm in Broward County, so I was right in the thick of it. <laughs> we did lose power a little bit on Thursday, but it came right back on, and Thankfully, I have a Ram, so uh, driving wasn't as bad, but it was definitely touch and go at times. Yeah, a buddy of mine live, lives in Fort Lauderdale. Got, um, I guess when the water ro- started to rise, he was at the airport in a parking garage. And so oh. he was stranded there for like four hours. Air- airport looks like a lake. It's it's really fascinating and crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I can't figure out what happened other than the fact that it just rained a whole bunch. And you're only like two hours south of me. And, and, and we got like, a tenth of an inch of rain. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Florida in a nutshell yeah. right there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about recruiting. Let's start with Cameron Franklin, uh, um, Camarion Franklin, and um, Jamonte Waller. They both visited Ole Miss a couple of times over the past couple of weeks. Um, what, any update, anything going on with those guys? Because those are su- one of those guys is an absolute must-get for Ole Miss. I don't know which one yet, but one of those guys are, I think. Yeah, I mean, really, depending on where you look, these are the, the two number one candidates in the state of, of Mississippi. Um, and, and obviously, we, we've talked about how loaded it is in this class of 2024. So not only important for Ole Miss to stay afloat for both of these guys, but you got to win one of these recruitments, if not both. Obviously, you'd, you'd love both, but you got to win one of them because they're high profile. And I think both are important to have recently visited Ole Miss, not only because of, of their status and they play premium positions, but because each of them, Stephen, have, have been very busy. A ton of visits under uh, these guys' belt. Uh, Waller has had great things to say about South Carolina, Florida, LSU, uh, among other schools in addition to Ole Miss. And, and Franklin has been down to Miami multiple times. He went up to Ohio State, so a true sort of national travel itinerary for Camarion. So for him and, and Waller to each get back to Ole Miss to begin the end of, of the spring visit period before spring ball gets going in the state of Mississippi at the high school level, I thought was a pretty big deal and also really telling. I, I think if either of these guys is going to stay home, Ole Miss will be the pick for each of them. And that's obviously an advantageous spot to be in. But of course, on the other side, you're dealing with blue bloods and a true national recruiting field for each of them. There's there's really no indication that either guy is going to slow down and make a decision anytime soon, but there's also not a lot of trips set here going forward. So it's always good to reiterate that priority status that each guy has relative to Ole Miss and, and of course, always good for them to get back on campus because Ole Miss was already the most frequented campus for both Franklin and Waller. So to add to that in the month of April as, as spring camp winds down, I think is pretty much ideal for this program, which, of course, has been hot within state lines. I think five straight commitments 
from Mississippians for, for Lane Kiffin's program. So if that's going to continue, it's got to bubble up to, to the very top of, of the state as well. And obviously both of these guys are basically jockey, jockeying for position to, to be that number one recruit. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. Both Franklin and Waller, big time. You can't go wrong almost with them. They play slightly different positions, but they're both defensive linemen slash linebackers and fill a need that Ole Miss – could honestly use. Let's yeah. change the subject and go out of state for a second. DeMond Williams recommitted to Ole Miss. And not recommitted to Ole Miss. He just let Rivals.com know that he was locked in. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Re- There's so many different types of commitments now. I don't want to think that anything happened. He just kind of let them know. He's like, no, we're good. And that's important because Arizona State's in his backyard. They're obviously kicking those tires. He's going to gain steam as the year goes on, probably at a higher rate than even Marcel Reed did. And Marcel Reed, I love him as a quarterback. Uh, what do you think about DeMond Williams at this point in his recruitment? Yeah, I think it was huge for him to get back to Oxford and, and reaffirm a lot of those decisions that went down in December. Because in between the, the commitment, which came right before New Year's and, and now – there have been not only four months of time, but a bunch of new offers that have come in from the SEC and beyond. Of course, the Pac-12 leading that charge. And DeMond took visits to a couple other programs, most notably ASU, as you mentioned, under the direction of Kenny Dillingham, one of the youngest head coaches in the game, known for quarterback development in a modern scheme. So having that so close to home, I do think is going to remain appealing for Williams. So for him to go through all of that after the Ole Miss commitment, but then come back and recruit to help build this class of 2024. All very good signs for the Rebels and obviously more face time with Kiffin and Weiss and the rest of the coaching staff, always important for the future QB1. And and, and I think there has to be a different level of prioritization here from Kiffin and company because it's just been tough to sign a high school quarterback. For whatever reason, whether it's emphasis on the portal, which we know has been heavy from the Kiffin camp or whatever it is, other schools coming in, different offers, all of that. It's just been tough to finalize quarterback recruiting from the prep level. So I think it's important optically for this coaching staff to figure it out with Williams, who obviously committed incredibly early, almost a year before he could sign a national letter of intent. But we've also traveled four months since that point, and everything feels very good on both ends of the DeMond Williams spectrum. And that is very important because, as you said, the Pac-12 is profiling maybe better than it has in, in, in the last decade, and it all is starting in that league at the quarterback position. So you understand an Arizona native buying into that to some degree. So as these QB dominoes fall, it will be – important to check back and say hey who's going to circle back on Williams but for now all things appear really strong on both fronts uh, and now you want to get them on campus for an official whether it's in the summer or, or during the season itself I'd probably push toward that latter category the closer to signing day the better just to make sure that Ole Miss gets over that that kind of random hump of not signing a high school quarterback in a couple cycles. You know, when it comes to high school quarterbacks, one of the main questions that get asked all the time is coattails. One of the players that have been attached to DeMond Williams is Caleb Odom, a tight end out of Georgia. I mean, it's the other side of the country, but they're for whatever reason attached. Caleb has come to Ole Miss, saw, looked around. 
What do you think about him moving forward? What do you think the Rebel shots are with him? Yeah, Ole Miss is doing a great job recruiting tight ends uh, really across the board. Uh, so that's that part of the staff is is really you know hitting the mark. And I think Odom might be the most likely to jump in the boat sooner rather than later. Now, he's another one. Carrollton High School, big-time school in Georgia, a lot of eyeballs there. They've got you know the number one underclassman QB in the country and, and Julian Lewis throwing him the ball. So there, there's a lot of schools that have overlapped and, and checked out Odom and said, hey, who's, who's that 6'6 tight end that's catching all these passes? Really a jumbo receiver more than a tight end. So his stock has risen considerably in the last year, yet and still Ole Miss has remained in the thick of it for him. So I, I do think that trip was was important to further that, and especially when you talk about linking up with the DeMond Williams, because now you're talking about building a rapport with the guy who, in theory, is going to get you the football when you get to to this school. So I think that's really critical for, for any pass catcher, but obviously especially when it's in the same class and you're trying to bring in this type of group together. So I think Odom fits what Ole Miss wants to do, and he's certainly buying into that sell of, hey, if you're a jumbo receiver, Michael Trigg-type territory, we're good with that. We're going to emphasize it going forward, and and it's kind of a wait and see in that regard. So I think the better that progresses on the field this fall, the better the chances are for Odom if he's still uncommitted You know, once the, the summer and, and fall months come by. Before we get into the visits that were on campus for the Grove Ball, I do want to ask you this, and this is kind of off the cuff, and I don't don't even know if you've seen anything about it, about it, but have you seen the thing where they were talking about the NCAA is doing away with the five official visits and making that unlimited? I th- I, that's Crazy. a that's a game changer, right? If they don't come to your campus, you just you can just guarantee they're not going to be signing with you after that, right? Yeah, because now there's no excuse. You know, it was always a you know trying to get through the five visits and fighting to be one of the programs to host an official visit that was the battle now if the program values the recruit and they want to spend one of their allotted official visits on the recruit they can so i think this helps when you want to branch beyond your region uh, like Ole miss has shown the the propensity to do going into texas going into california the west coast we just talked about an arizona native 10 minutes ago all of that factors more for Ole Miss and there are no longer excuses for programs not to bring in players wherever they covet them from because they could literally put their money where their mouth is and pay for the flights and the hotels and the meals and all of that fun stuff so it's going to be a bit of an arms race in that regard how much money can we push to the the recruiting department the recruiting budget because you know the Blue Bloods are going to fully take advantage. But I also think this helps that second and third tier of college football programs because now earlier in the process, you can fly out a recruit from further away, uh, especially if you don't have great talent in your traditional footprint or your home state. Now you can get those guys on campus earlier and give them that green light to commit a little bit earlier before the big bad SEC programs and the Big Ten programs come in and, and try to poach some of that talent. So I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but there's no doubt this is a game changer for recruiting, especially logistically for for those recruits. And it's the majority of them that don't have the means to to take these trips on their own dime or on their family's dime. You know, uh, and, and I think it's like a couple weeks the final vote on this is going to take place. And say this gets passed and it goes into effect July 1st. Will it affect the class of 2024? This this like Demond Williams's class, or is it yeah. will be will it be the next class? 
Yeah, it's it starts right away. So in theory, you think about what's ahead on the calendar after July first. It's it's fall camp and the season, right? So mm-hmm. now, in theory, you're gonna be a high profile recruit and say, "Hey, which are the best games on the college football slate?" And can I grab official visits for most of those trips? So now programs are going to have to, again, commit to allotting a visit to a prospect that maybe they wouldn't otherwise be in the running for. But they also have to decipher whether or not the recruit isn't taking advantage of, of, hey, let me go see Ohio State, Michigan, because, hey, I'm from you know Orlando and I've never been up there. Let me go see it, uh, even though I'm not really going to those schools. So those are going to be the back and forths that I think programs have to investigate and and decipher before committing to, to flying these recruits out. So it's going to be fascinating. And yeah, there's going to be a recruiter too. You know it, Stephen, that's going to take 10 official visits and pretend to consider all 10 of those programs when in reality, it's a much smaller number uh, and they're just kind of taking advantage of the process. But uh, there's, there's not many more American things than that in, in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's look at the Grow Bowl yesterday. Um, the visitors that were on campus, any particular names that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, always good to get in-state recruits you know, back to your campus. And obviously, Ole Miss is, is always going to do that in a Grove Bowl type of scenario. So we, we've got to focus on Isaiah Autry. I think he is the most important visitor on campus for the Rebels, only because of, of two fronts here. One, his stock is sky high compared to when Ole Miss initially jumped in and, and really took the lead in this race. Since that point, Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida State, a bunch of schools have jumped in and begun to prioritize Autry in the process. And now he's reciprocated that with some visits. Just visited Auburn, loved it, reconnected uh, with, with uh, Coach Thornton, the former Ole Miss O-line coach who's now on Hugh Freeze's staff. He's going to Oklahoma at the end of April as well. Um, he's he's related to Marcus Dupree, so I think that's going to be something to dig into from the Oklahoma angle. So Ole Miss is the perceptional leader. Uh, they've hosted him more than any other school for sure, but getting him back on campus was important because he hadn't taken in ca- uh, campus this spring. He had one trip scheduled, but it fell through from a logistical standpoint. So getting him back to Oxford I think is critical because there is a sense – now that he put out his final five, there is a sense that this recruitment is, is going to wind down. So official visits and maybe a decision before the season. So there's not a lot of tangible trips ahead for Autry. So to get the last one or second to last one, if he goes to Oklahoma, is a really big deal because his profile has risen considerably since Ole Miss initially jumped in. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much for popping in here, John, and doing this. And also, hey, welcome to the spring transfer portal window. Here we go. All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Bye.